Well, greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. This is Apostle Luther Bell, and we're here with you once again on another edition of the Blood Speaks here on the Anchor uh, FM, anchor.fm. And this is our broadcast. And if you've been uh, walking along with us, you know that we have began a study out of the first epistle general of John, the first epistle. The word epistle means letter. The first letter that was a general letter that the Apostle John wrote. John the Apostle John wrote uh, the three books that bear his name. Uh, I want to say the three letters that bear his name. The one book, the Gospel of John, and the book of Revelation. Praise God. Uh, we had began... Um, we, we had an introduction, introductory uh, broadcast, podcast. We had last week began reading in the first chapter. And we're going to start here again in the first chapter of first, the first letter of John, that's little John, towards the end of your Bible. The first letter of John, chapter one. And let's begin reading. It. And, but before we begin reading, praise God, I, I, I promised that I was going to do this. If you have your Bibles, and you should always have your Bible when you when you go to Bible study, you go to church, uh, you participate in any uh, service or event that represents our Lord Jesus Christ, have your Bible with you. And if you have your Bible with you, put it in your hand and let's make this confession of faith. This is the Word of God. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I am the better because of the word of God. And I receive with meekness this word, which is able to save my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And because the Bible is the word of God, from cover to cover and everywhere in between, uh, we believe that there are no contradictions. Uh, if, there, if, if, if there seems to be a contradiction, that is a misinter misinterpretation, and that's on the part of the human being, not on the part of the Word of God. Amen. First letter of John, chapter 1. Let's begin reading here at verse 1 again. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the Word of life. We said that John here is identifying, he is, he is qualifying his ministry, his apostleship, and his experience that he had with none other than, than, than God who veiled himself in the human flesh and became uh, and was born of the virgin. Uh, we know him as Jesus, Yeshua of Nazareth. And this, this John said that this Jesus was in the beginning, he said that which was from the beginning, we connected the beginning of, from Genesis. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. We connected that to the gospel of John, first chapter. Praise God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. This is the same individual that he's talking about here. The one who created the heaven and earth. The one who became flesh and dwelt among us. John's testimony there in the gospel and here is that this individual, he said, we have heard him. 
we have seen with our eyes and we looked upon. And we said that word look uh, translates to the word investigate. We, we not only heard, we saw, not only did we see and heard, we investigated. And, and then we had a very physical experience where we put our hands on him and we, had, we handled the word of life. Notice it did not say words of life. And in the King James, the word, the word, word is capitalized. So this is talking about the word of God, the same individual that the Apostle John talked about in the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Amen. This Word of life. Verse 2. For the life was manifested. The life was manifested and we have seen it. And bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That life that John is talking about, he's not talking about physical life. He's not talking about, you know, uh, uh, the life of animals or plants or even the, even the cosmos itself. He is talking about the word life here from the Greek word is the word zoe. It is the God kind of life, zoe, Z-O-E. It is the God kind of life. It is a life. Uh, uh, I, say, I say it like this. God does not have life. God is life. All Anything living, all forms of life, whether there be whether it be physical, spiritual, uh, uh, again, planetary, uh, uh, plant, animal, whatever, whatever is in this creation, whatever is out in the vast uh, extensions of the uh, of the universe, if there is life there, there that life comes from God. God is life. John says, for this life was manifested. This life was manifested. Praise God. Verse 2. Um, I'm going to read out a, a few other versions of the Bible. Uh, verse 2. This is from the uh, uh, modern language uh, translation. It says, verse 2 of 1 John chapter 1, verse 2 says, yes, the life, and, that, and it's capitalized, the life has been revealed. And we have seen and we are witnessing and are announcing to you the eternal life who existed with the Father and he has been revealed to us. He personalized it here. The translators personalize it. Amen. In the Living Bible, uh, verse 2, there is one, this one who is life, capitalized, from God, has been shown to us and we guarantee that we have seen him. I'm speaking of Christ, who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then was shown to us. And the Revised Standard Version, verse 2, the life was made manifest, and we saw it and testified to you and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. Praise God. So John here again is validating and qualifying. He is basically saying, he said, we... He didn't say I, he said we. There were more there that experienced uh, God, that experienced God in Christ, that experienced the Son of God, that experienced the, the, the second personage of the Holy Trinity. Praise God. 
and light, this life was manifested. This life was evident. It was produced. It was, we, we, we saw it. We heard it. We experienced it. It, it, it. This was not some illusion, some fantasy. Praise God. Verse 3, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us. So John, here, John is saying what we have seen and what we have heard, we are now declaring to you. Uh, you, they taught me in school, you is a pronoun. So you can take that pronoun out of that verse, put your name there. That which from, which from the beginning. Uh, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto Otha, that you, that you, Otha, also may have fellowship with us. When John was qualifying and making a declaration, he's saying, we want to bring you into fellowship. My former pastor used to say, the late apostle Howard Lewis used to say, fellowship is more than two fellows in a ship. Praise God. That you may also have fellowship with us. Fellowship communion, unity, we're de we declaring this, we're, 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 we, we, what we have seen, we're not hiding this in a basket, we're not hiding this, uh, uh, we're, we're not going into hiding with this, we're not going to, into some monastery and hide this, we are proclaiming this, we are declaring this, why? That you may have fellowship, communion, unity with us, and truly our fellowship, is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, 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 so when we talk about Christian fellowship, when we talk about fellowship, communion among believers, amongst, amongst the children of God, among the sons of God, we're talking about a communion, a fellowship, a unity. We're connected to one another, but but but. But collect individually, we are connected to one another. Collectively, we are connected with the our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Amen. Praise God. When 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 as we study and as we delve into that unique fellowship, that unique familyship. We are relate. We are more related to God the Father through Jesus Christ. We are more a child of God than we are children of our parents. Praise God! There, there was there, 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 there. You, you have been born again. So there's a birth, a new birth. There's been a blood transfusion, if I can say that way. Amen. The, the tainted, sin-stained blood of Adam no longer runs through your veins. That The blood that runs through your veins now, yes, the DNA-wise DNA and, the, and the, you know, the chemical composition, yes, it's human. But the blood of Christ has been applied to your life and applied to your spirit. Amen. And so by blood, you are a child of God. By birth, you are a child of God. By adoption. By adoption, you are a child of God. Amen. Praise God. By fellowship, you are a child of God. John, John said, if you're going to kick it with us, if you're going to hang around us, you, you got to know something. Amen. We're not just getting together. We're not getting together to sell pies and tell lies. 
Praise God. We're not getting together to have a, a beautiful religious experience or have some type of wonderful service. You know, the choir sings so heavenly and so and everything. We're not getting together for that. We're not getting together to fry chicken and, and, and sell biscuits and sell fish dinners. We're not getting together to raise money to fight abortion or, or, or to elect a president or to do anything like that. Our fellowship, our gathering, our communion is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we write these things to you, verse 4, that your joy may be full. Amen? Verse 5, this then is the message which we have heard of him. John, John is going to drop something on us. John says, we heard a message from him. What was the message we heard from Jesus Christ? What was the message? Because our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. The, and we write these things to you so that your joy may be full. Verse 5, this then is the message which, which we have heard of him. There's a comment there that means pause and declare unto you. There's a comment there. What is the message? That God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Amen. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And on, uh, on, upon reading that verse, I would like to explain to you something that I discovered and I believe I did share it. Uh, uh, some time ago, uh, uh, maybe a, actually on the first, excuse me, on the first broadcast, a podcast, I believe I shared with you that I found out uh, something about absolute zero. Absolute zero. Uh, uh, I, I said I, I was originally uh, born and raised in Pennsylvania. And during the winter months in Pennsylvania, it can get cold. It can go, it can go into the you know, it can go into the, 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 uh, the mid to low 30s, to the 20s, to the teens, to single digits. And yes, I have experienced it being zero and below zero, maybe 10, 20 degrees below zero. And if you factor in the wind, sometimes it felt like 30, 35 degrees below zero. That's cold. Let me tell you something. That's cold. Uh, there, there, there's no, no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's cold. But that is not the coldest temperature that there is. There is a temperature called absolute zero. That is 460 degrees below zero, minus 460 degrees below zero. That is the temperature where all atomic, all molecular structure freezes, stops. It is the temperature where nothing can survive absolute zero. Uh, nitrogen gas is a very cold gas. It's at 320 below zero. Absolute zero is 460. Well, and it's, and, and, and so that word absolute there means that there is nothing else. That's the lowest you can go. Huh? How low can you go? 460 degrees below. Praise God. Well, here John is saying that God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. That means God is absolute light. The Bible says that God, Elohim, Yahweh, amen? The Bible says that God is light. God is love. God is life. 
And the Apostle Paul in the book of Hebrews tells us that our God is a consuming fire. Amen. That consuming fire is the same fire that Habakkuk, the prophet back in the Old Testament saw that who wrote that he saw God, uh, uh, he saw the glory of God and he was on fire from his loins up and on fire from his loins down. That is that outshining, the brightness of the person of God, the glory of God, amen, is what, you know, the prophet saw and what, but the person of God, the Bible is right on time. The Bible says no man has seen God at any time. Amen. That's talking about the person of God. It's not talking about a manifestation of God. It's not talking about a theophany or a theophany. It's not talking about the glory of God. It's talking about the very person of God. No man has seen God at any time. Praise God. Well, because God is absolute light, in him there is no darkness at all. I don't know whether you can fathom that. I can't. I can't. I believe it, but I can't. I can't mentally get to that point where I understand that, that in God, there is no darkness. There is no evil. There is no death. There is no, there is no hate. God is love. There is no hate in God. God is life. There is no death in God. Amen. Our, our God is in the absolute, he is absolute light, absolute love, and absolute life. John says, this is the message. We heard from him. God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. Verse 6, if we say we have fellowship with him. Hmm? If we say we have fellowship, communion with him. See, John, John point, takes it away from the church. Uh-oh. John takes it away from the church, takes it away from the pastor, takes it away from the deacons, takes it away from the bishops, takes it away from the apostles, takes it away from what you and I may call holy men and holy women, men and women of God, anointed of God, full of the Holy Spirit. John takes it away from them. He said, if we say we have fellowship with him, if, if we have fellowship with all those and and all our, and as he says in verse three, and truly our fellowship, he said, we, if you have fellowship with all those folks and there, and you count them to be holy, they account themselves to be holy, they account themselves to be, you know, in fellowship with us, verse three. And he says, truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. Verse six, if we say we have that kind of fellowship, if we say we have fellowship with him, not the church, not the Pope, not the apostle. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, if we walk in darkness, if we walk in death, if we walk in evil, if we walk in the lie, if we walk in darkness, if we say we, if we, say we got fellowship with him, but we walk in darkness. Darkness and light cannot stay in the same place. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. We are liar. We lie if we say. If we make a confession with our mouth, if we make a confession with our walk, if we make a confession with our life, and we say we got fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie. 
And he says, if we do not the truth, verse seven, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ is son cleanses us from most sins, some sins, a lot of sins, black sins, white sins, sins of omission, sins of commission. No, he says, if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. We have fellowship first and foremost with Christ and therefore with God. How do we know we have, how do we, what is, a, what is the guarantee? What is the surety? That's an old word. What is the surety? What is the guarantee that we are, we have fellowship with Christ, communion with Christ and communion and fellowship with the Father? Because the Father because Jesus will send Holy Spirit and he will indwell in us. He is the surety. He is the guarantee. How do you know? You have the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if you had that fellowship, what we first had fellowship with Jesus Christ and with God the Father. Holy Spirit comes in us. And now, because that has happened to that man, that woman, that boy, that girl, People in Asia, people in Africa, people all over the United States, Canada, Mexico, the Caribbean, wherever, praise God, because now we all have that connection. We have fellowship, he says, with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Amen. You know, when I first got saved and to be quite honest, to be brutally honest, even now. I, I got saved in 1974. From 1974 for a very long time. And even sometime now, I, 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 I make mistakes. I sin. Yes, you heard it. This, a pre this preacher, this apostle, amen. I confess, yes. Amen. Guess what? Back then, I thought I had to, you know, do my first words over. I thought I had to uh, do something. I thought, you know, I, well, I asked for forgiveness, but it was, but there was something always there that said you asked for forgiveness, but that, that seems kind of weak. That seems kind of cheap just to go and well, Lord, forgive me. But I found out something. Yes. Do that. Ask the Lord to forgive you and take steps. Please take steps not to do those things again. But here's what I found out. The one step to take is to keep walking. The one step to take is keep walking in the light. The one step to take is to keep going. Don't, Tammy Faye Baker said, don't run from the war, run to it. Run to God. Run right to him. When you go to him and confess the wrong that you did, confess the sin that you did, confess the thought that you had that wasn't right, confess the act that you did, run to him, confess that, and keep walking towards him. Don't walk away. Satan will come and lie to you and tell you you're not worthy. Guess what? You're not worthy. 
our, uh, our relationship, our fellowship is not based on our worth. Our salvation is not based on our worth. Our being a, a, an adopted child, a birth child, a blood child of God is not based on our worth. It's based on the worth of Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm going to read verse 7 again. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we, de we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. John is basically saying, man, look, don't, 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 don't ever, don't ever get to the point where you think or you say, because, you know, you say what you think out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Huh? Don't get to the point where you saying and thinking that you have no sin. Yes, all your sins have been forgiven. But to walk around and act like you're that you're you're pure, you're holy. No. He said if we he said if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves in the truth that is in us. Verse 9. If we, if we, if we, if we, if, 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 if is one of the most important words in the entire Bible. If we confess our sins, if we confess, the word confess there means to agree. When we, when we think wrong, do wrong, act wrong, speak wrong, amen? When we do those things, we confess. Father, in the name of Jesus, yes, I have sinned. If we confess our sins, he is, listen, let's read this real slow. If we confess our sins. Here's the, that's a condition. If we, if, if we confess our sins. He, that is, that is, that's the Father, that's, that's through Christ. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That, that's odd, isn't it? This, that, to, 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 question could I say it that way to question the faithfulness of God but if it is if this is not questioning the faith of God it's telling you that the condition is that if you confess your sins he is faithful that apostle might not be that church might not be that deacon may not be and sometime guess what I may not be I may confess my sin and don't forgive myself. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and justified. He is faithful. He, in other words, he can do it. He can forgive. Amen? He's faithful. He'll do it every single time. He will do it every single time. He is faithful and just. He is justified in forgiving us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, you see, when we sin, that's not when God finds out about it. When we sin, when I sin, I'm the one gets upset. And justifiably, I should. But 
God's remedy to that is Otha, come and confess your sin. Come and agree in my word, agree with my word, and agree that you've sinned. I, I already know you, I already know about it, but I want you to come. I want you to come because if you don't come and confess, that breaks the fellowship. Amen. It breaks the fellowship. And let me say something about that. Here, John is talking about fellowship. He's not talking about relationship. Huh? There's a difference between fellowship and relationship. I am not uh, 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 a member right now of a church, a body of believers. I'm not a, a formal member of a, you know, a, lo a church location. I'm a member of the church universal. I once attended a church in, well, actually I attended my own church. I pastored in Pennsylvania. I attended a church in Georgia where uh, a friend of mine was the pastor. I attended a church, uh, two, two churches here in Texas that I became friends with the pastor and attended their churches. I am not in fellowship there. I'm in fellowship with them because they're in fellowship with the Father and with Jesus Christ. But that physical, you know, going to church, I'm not in fellowship with them, but I'm still related to them. When you sin, that break, they don't break relationship. When you sin, it doesn't break relationship. When you sin, it breaks fellowship. And the fellowship is what God wants to restore. This is what he's saying. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Praise God. And God wants us to confess our sins because it breaks fellowship. He forgives. He restores. He's just to forgive us. He's faithful to forgive us. That restores fellowship. And then when you're in fellowship, again, you keep walking. You keep walking towards the light. My God, I have to run towards the light. You keep walking. You keep running. You keep striving towards the light. And as you're walking and as you're striving and as you're getting, hearing more of the word, and, uh, and the Bible says faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. As you're hearing the word, as you're under the anointing, the more, the more, the more. What happens? Cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Amen. And then again, I, I did read verse 10, and I'm going to go ahead and read it again. If we say, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Amen. If we say that we have not sinned, again, he goes back and he says it again. Don't get caught. Amen. Don't get caught like that. Verse 9 and um, verse 8, 9 and 10, I would like to read that in these other translations. Praise God. Again, the modern uh, English version, um, verse 8, 9, and 10, uh, it says, If we say we have no sin, we are deluding ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. I like that. 
we make him out. See, that's why we must confess. That's why we must agree that we've sinned. Because if we say we have no sin, we make him a liar. We're, we, we're not, we make him out. We make God out to be a liar. And the Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. The Living Bible, uh, verse 8, 9, and 10. If we say that we have no, we, we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and refusing to accept the truth. Hmm. But if we confess our sins to him, he can be depending, he can be dependent on, he can be dependent on to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. And it is perfect and it's perfectly proper for God to do this for us because Christ died to wash away our sins. Amen. If we claim we have not sinned, we are lying and calling God a liar, for he says we have sinned. Mm. Revised Standard Version, verse 8, 9, and 10. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and, not, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Where this that was, and we we uh, today we we started at, uh, verse one of the first uh, chapter, the first letter of John. We read through the whole scriptures, and and as Holy Spirit gave to us, we shared with you. Praise God. Uh, this is this is a powerful book. I, let me say this: the last few books in the Bible, and when I say the last few books, let me let me qualify what I'm saying from the book of Hebrews. On, on throughout to the book of Revelation, I do not believe that those, these books, these letters, were placed in, in the canon of Scripture by happenstance. I don't, I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that. We are, we are coming to the end of all things. We are, com we are coming to the consummation of the age. And if you go to the book of Hebrews and you walk through from that point on, it tells a story. When you get to the book of Hebrews, this is the book. Of, this is the book of Hebrews. Um, uh, I believe, and I, and I know it was written by the Apostle Paul. Praise God! The Epistle to, of Paul to the Hebrews. Amen. Paul, at this point, Paul is this. Uh, I call Hebrews college level Christianity. College level Christianity. When you get to the book of Hebrews, there, there, there is the word better, 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 better covenant with better promises. Uh, the ministry, the ministry, uh, talking about the, the priesthood of Melchizedek over the priesthood of Levi and of Aaron. Better, better, better. This is college level Christianity. When you get to the book of Hebrews, we're going, we should be going towards maturity. There's a lot, there's a lot of us, my, my, my dear friend and mentor, the Ap Apostle George, says uh, uh, the, uh, a church, the church at times is full of milk-drinking babies, still sucking on, still sucking on the, the pacifier. But when you get to Hebrews, man, let me tell you something. You didn't put the milk. I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting a glass of milk every now and then. Amen. But you should be eating some meat. And Hebrews is meat, college-level Christianity. You come out of Hebrews, you come away from the letters of Paul, all those, all those uh, 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 excellent letters of Paul's, and you go into the book of James. And James basically says, all right, everything that Paul said, everything that you've heard before this, 
every book, letter, and everything you heard from this, all wonderful. Anointed, grits and gravy, wonderful, powerful. Guess what? Paul puts you in heavenly places in Christ. You're seated together with him in Christ. Amen. James says, slow your roll. Hang on. You still got to live down here. You still got to live down here. So that's why James talks about faith and works. And he says, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. James brings us back down. I call James the book of practical Christianity. Amen. Practical. Walking up and down the street. Going to work. Going to school. Going to the grocery store. James brings us back down. You, you, yes, spiritually. Uh, by revelation. By promise. You are seated together. You are, you are a more citizen of heaven. I say it again. You're more a child of God. You're a child of your parents. You're more a citizen of heaven than you are of this planet. You're more a citizen of heaven than you are of the country you dwell in. But hear me. James says, okay, you got to still walk down here. You have a relationship. You have a duty. You have a, you have a, you have a commission, if I can say that. You have a commission to fulfill. And in order to do that, you have to be, you know, your planet here. Praise God. You come out of James and you go into the letters of Peter. And Peter is, Peter, Peter is rallying to the cry. In his first letter, Peter is basically saying that he's talking about the sufferings that Christians go through while they're here. But, but because you are in Christ and because you are seated in heavenly places in Christ and because your, 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 your launching pad is from heaven, not from the planet, Huh? In prayer, in walk, in faith, in power, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer. And Peter deals with that in his first and second letter. Peter come, Peter's out the box. Peter comes out the box. And he's talk, talking about end time things. Huh? We're, these books are laid out. They're preparing us for something. You come out of, you come out of second Peter, you go right into John. And then we're, going, we're studying through the first letter of John. John 1, 2, and 3. Powerful scriptures. Powerful letters. They're preparing us for something. You come out of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, you go to Jude. And Jude just Jude drops it. Jude, Jude has no time to play around. Jude says, we must contend for the faith. The word contend. I looked it up in the Greek. We get the word contender. Box, fight. He says, you must fight for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Why? Guess what? Next book, Revelation. It's done now. Praise God. So this, we're, we're, we are on a walk of maturity as we go through these last books of the Bible, the last books in the New Testament. And here in, the God, here in the letter of John, we're going to read some things that's, that I, I say it again. When John wrote this, he was an old man. And a lot of times we know how old folks is. They're going to say what they want to say, however they want to say it. And they're not going to pull a punch. And they don't care if you believe it or not. But you better believe it here. Amen. I know I do. And I know you do. Praise God. Well, we pray that we've said something today. To encourage you, uh, we when we come back, 
We're going to be in the first letter of John in chapter 2. Praise God. We're going to check our time. We're going to go through it. We're going to expound as the Holy Spirit gives us. And we pray that it would be a blessing in your life, in your ministry, in your home, in your marriage, in Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you for the uh, for your word and for the issuing power of your word. Father, I pray that every man, every woman, every boy, every girl that hears the, the sound of this recording as we have uh, read the first letter of John, the first chapter, and expounded as Holy Spirit has given us, I pray that you would take those words and reveal your word in the hearts and in the minds of your people, wherever they may be, wherever this uh, podcast goes, in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we will see you next time. God bless you. We love you. Uh, I, I always like to close like this by saying that, that, um, that the devil is defeated, that God is exalted, and that Jesus is coming soon. God bless you. Amen.